Welcome to Vernacular Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Sally. Each week on Vernacular, we explore the art of being truly and fully human. Most of the time, that means that Sally and I chat for 15 to 20 minutes about a topic, general or specific, and how it helps us understand what it means to be human. But we don't have all the answers, so occasionally we invite guests on the show to help us tackle this question in the context of their job or hobby, current events, or pop culture. Thanks for joining us as we practice the art of being human. All right, welcome back to Vernacular Podcast. I'm here with the amazing and beautiful and charming and intelligent Sally. Wow. So many things. quite an introduction. I'm speechless, but I'm not really speechless. <laughs> as, you, as you talk, as you continue to <laughs> as speak. As I continue to speak, it's just the two of us this time. It is. So after a couple episodes with some guests, it's just you and me in our closet. And we're going to have a 20-minute conversation about... Money. Money. And what that has to do with being human. Yeah. So... What does it have to do with being human? Should we just, are we just going to dive right into yeah, it? Yeah, we're just going to dive right okay. into it. Yeah, we'll dive we right into it. We don't want to waste these people's time. What does money have to do with being human and living a truly human life? Well, so as we were talking about this, I thought that you had some great insight from your vast knowledge of economics. Oh, my goodness. It's definitely not vast at all. But it's vaster than mine. <laughs> I have taken a couple of introductory classes in <laughs> economics because I took one at a community college and I took another one in undergrad. Nice, but I think and, you you picked up like a basic. Well, I mean, point. in studying international relations, you yeah, you you do study more economics. I just haven't done <laughs> more than two formal classes in right, economics. Right, right. Well, that's two more than me. Right, but in these introductory economics classes, and I'm sure if our listeners have had an introductory economics class, it's been the same thing. The teacher starts by saying, "Class, what is economics?" And the expected answer is someone in the class who isn't very familiar with economics but thinks they are will say something like. Economics is about the study of money and flows of money. And the teacher will say, no, that's an important part of economics. But economics is really the study of human choices. And that's why there's this blossoming field of behavioral economics, because it's about how human human beings act, right? And so I, I just thought of this story from my economics classes way back when, because money has to do with being human, because ultimately money is a critical part of economics because money is about human choices. And how we make those choices. Right, exactly. So money is foundational to much of our decision-making, right? That's why people say, what's the bottom line? Because normally the bottom line has to do with money, and money is a critical part of how we evaluate many of the actions that we take. So I think that's why one reason why it's a very critical part of being human. Yeah, so you could say that how we spend our money, which is what we're going to talk about today, is an outward manifestation of the fact that we are rational human beings. Right, exactly. So we can make choices, and the way that we make choices is a reflection of the fact that we can make choices, and the fact that we can make choices is a reflection of our will and our rational nature. Like and you, if we li- want about. to live a truly human life, then we want to do that well. Exactly, yeah. So that's reason number one. Okay. Reason number two is that money is a chief way that we can be social and we can care for other human beings in our life right. or not in our life. Right. So money is a medium. It's to some people, perhaps wrongly, an end in itself, just accumulating money. But money in a market economy is designed to be a means of exchange or a medium. And that means that it facilitates social interactions. And we've talked before about how human beings are social animals. We've talked about how humans are distinct from the rest of the animal kingdom, and that is 
partly because we're social and the ways in which we're social. I mean, you know, dogs, the family of dogs can be social, but in, in a different way than humans are. And so humans as the social animal use money as a medium to be social and to share and to buy things for other people and to um, facilitate magnanimity in a way that... Ideally. Right. Ideally, yeah. In a yeah, way that so other ide- species cannot. Right. So ideally, we use our money in the best way possible. And one of those ways is to care for the people in our life, to care for our families, right. to be charitable to people we don't even know um, when we have extra money to do that with. So yeah, so money is a way that we can take care of other people. And what's the third reason? I think the third reason is perhaps the most obvious. And that's simply that money is essential to life. All of us in well, almost all of us. Perhaps if we have a North Korean listener, uh, there's. Although I think there's a case to be made that even North Korea, to some degree, is included in this, and that's that we all live in market economies, right? And so, for all of us, to some degree, and for most of us, to a large degree, money is essential for how we survive. It's essential to how we buy our food and how we have a place to rest at night, how we have a car to get around, how we can achieve social mobility and, and actual physical mobility. So just having a life, let alone a truly human life. Right, is dependent on money. And so because having a life at all and surviving is dependent in some degree on having money, that also means, logically speaking, that having money is also something that's necessary to having a flourishing life. So as we talk on this podcast about how to live flourishing human lives, how to achieve what Aristotle called eudaimonia, we need to talk about money. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So those are the three things that we came up with for what money has to do with being human. Okay, so how are we trying to spend our money well and wisely and to be responsible with our with our money? Yeah, well, I think, yeah, let's just have a freewheeling conversation about what that means for us, right? And, and of course, we don't have all the answers. And we're also not investment advisors. So, <laughs> yeah, that's a good caveat. You know, we'll talk about what, what being wise with our money means to us and how we achieve that but it's really just one example among many yeah i feel and like we can't we can we can say why money is important to being human but we can't tell you exactly how to spend your money so we're just right. going to give you the example of us and legally we can't give any investment advice True. so we're not going to do that <laughs> but we can tell you a little bit about what we do and encourage you to look at some resources okay so budgeting is probably the biggest thing for us yeah absolutely um we we have a monthly budget and um, we we happen to use the app YNAB, but there are other apps and online resources that you can use. A lot of people use Mint and like Mint, but we've been happy with YNAB. Yeah, I mean, we know fellow YNABers, Minters. We know people who just build their own Excel spreadsheets. Oh, yeah, so for sure. If you're into that, very doable as well. I think there's pros and cons to everything. So if you find something that works for you, for us, YNAB has worked. And we just have a monthly budget. We budget... Which, by the way, was not always the case. And... It, I think it has been since the first, I don't know, probably after a couple months of marriage, you were oh, sure. you were like, we need a budget. <laughs> so I had, I've never really had a budget. I had never really had a budget in my life before I got married. And that's probably a fairly typical probably thing. Normal. Like I, I don't, you know, yeah. but yeah, getting married for me was a paradigm shift in that way because it wasn't just like, you know, we can just go out to eat whenever we want. We can go to the movies whenever we want. We can travel and buy airline tickets whenever we want. Like, you you were very strict in saying we need to start being smart about this and it's well, a really good thing yeah. that you did because now we are or at least we try to be and it has enabled us to save so savings. much yeah yeah over the long term yeah that's probably the main reason why we do budget it's not so much a fear of 
over like spending beyond our means, but being able to save. Yeah, well, I think more. I think there's that, but also budgeting helps you be conscious about what you're spending, and so it's yeah, really what is your money going towards? Yeah, and it, it, it enables you to be responsible with your money. Yeah, because make the best choices. Our, our philosophy on having money is that it's not just there to be burned. Right. We're not uh, we're not full on Keynesians. Uh, it's not just about being spent and stimulating the economy. There's there's an element of responsibility that goes into having any amount of money, and you know with with you know to paraphrase spider-man's uncle with great money comes great responsibility <laughs> so like the, like the degree of responsibility i think is correlated to the amount of money that you have so right um so that's one reason we why we budget because we and no matter be... how... sorry no go ahead well no matter how much money you do have you probably want to make sure that you're spending the, your money the way you want to and not right. overspending in one category or another um, and so that you find yourself short on right. a category that's important. Yeah, absolutely. So, but speaking of the categories, so we just to give you a rundown of our budget. I'm just pulling up the app. We budget for vernacular for this podcast. We budget. Um, we have giving, so charitable giving. Um, I'll just run through the categories, and then we can yeah, sure. spend time on specific ones. We have a section called monthly bills, and that includes our rent, our utilities. Our fitness costs, which is our gym membership. Right. Our telecommunications costs, which is uh, our phone plan. Our cable. And our cable. Our, well, but we don't have cable. Our internet bill. Our internet. So internet, yeah. internet and, and cell phones. Phone. Oh, and then we, we lump in like Netflix into that. and Sure, though. Shout out to T-Mobile. That's true. It is free If you're on us, a family yeah. plan for T-Mobile, you get free Netflix. Yeah. Um, our groceries. And we used to have parking costs for you. And then um, YNAB actually has a annual fee. So we just right. divvied that up through the 12 months. Okay. And then we have other expenses that in YNAB, they call it true expenses. I don't really know what that means, but it's different than monthly bills. They're just kind of we, – we do pay for these on a monthly basis. So I actually don't know why they're not exactly all in the same category. But anyways. Well, I think it's because they're not necessarily a fixed amount per month. So like our rent is a fixed amount. Oh, but- sure. You know, your your the haircut section. We might have some months where it's a couple of haircuts, and some months where right. it's one or right. So we have a section for clothing purchases, haircut purchases, household goods, which is general category. You know, Lysol and yeah, you know, vacuum Vapors. cleaner filters and yeah, yeah, wipes. It's kind of a catch-all category. It is, yeah. So is home improvement. <laughs> like, yep. um, since we don't spend a lot of time improving our home, I'll draw from that if we need to you know if we run short on household goods right we're improving our home by wiping our children or like you know, you know if, if we need to replace light bulbs and <laughs> yes, things like yes, that yeah you know home improvement right funds would come from that and right. a lot of these we designed to actually not be monthly and or or we sort of over budget for them so that they accumulate and then we have a more significant expense we have that money that's already earmarked and right. tucked away so that, for that is a perfect description for the insurance category and the gas category Right, because um, like most people, we pay our insurance semi-annually. Yeah. So once every – is that the right word or is it biannually? I guess biannually, right? Two times Yeah, so year. every six months we have yeah. our insurance premium is that we pay. And for that, we tuck away money monthly. And then when the six-month time comes, we have that money ready to go. Right. And then we have what YNAB calls sunny day funds. And those include a fund for me, a fund for you, a miscellaneous category – a Christmas category, a birthdays category, a date night category, and a family eating out category. Right. And then we have an auto loan payment, 
And then we have um, kind of goals that we are saving for. So these are kind of savings sections. Right. And this is our, this is like our long-term budget section. So right. we just tuck away money every Only month. Only one of them do we really pull from on a regular basis, which is the quote unquote rainy day fund. Yeah. So the rainy day fund is basically money that we set aside for miscellaneous purposes. That you just know, don't like, fit into anything. Or... Yeah. You, you know, blow out, blow out a tire and you need to replace all four tires on a all wheel drive car. You right. have the rainy day fund. And then or, we have other categories there that are just general, more long-term savings categories and, you know, retirement savings, college college savings for our kids, things like that. And travel. And then travel, yeah. And so we've, we've actually decided to earmark a set amount of money per, per month. month for travel. and Knowing we, that those expenses will come up as we visit family and as right. we travel as a family. Yeah, we actually have no family close to us. So pretty much whenever we visit family, we need to fly. And for that reason, we, we save the money monthly so that we can do that. And we've also decided to prioritize travel for our kids' sake, just because we think that's it's valuable to give our kids exposure to other places and cultures. And so we, that's another reason why we're we're deliberately setting aside money to travel. Yeah. So I guess on that note, when you're deciding how to how to organize your money according to categories and how much yeah. to put in each one, I guess you just have to think about your family culture, I think, is I think a so, big yeah. thing. Um, there's no right or wrong way. It's just what do you prioritize as a family? And for us, I would say we prioritize not in any particular order, but we prioritize travel and those experiences. We prioritize our charitable giving. And what else would you say? I think we prioritize going out to fun places to eat, too. Oh, yeah. So we so have the a section of our budget have, for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so we're going to put more money towards those than we will towards clothing or um, home renovation or furniture or, or I mean, you know, and, things and like that. There are trade-offs too. Like this is why we don't have cable. We don't, we don't really yeah, watch many movies yeah. together. Uh, yeah. I think, I mean, you and I watch movies together sometimes and we watch shows, but most of that's stuff that we get on Netflix or, you know, some or Amazon instant video or whatever. Right. So... Um, you know, we don't go to the movies that often. Yeah. Although I did just get Movie Pass, and so I'm trying that out more. <laughs> yeah. That's a separate but discussion. That actually could lead us to talk about our separate funds because that's not oh, that's coming true. from. We yeah. recently started. This was a new thing this year right. where we each get an allotted money per month to spend however we want. Right. And so Zach's, you know, ten dollar a month Movie Pass is coming from his fund. Right. And so, so I think no this, skin off my neck. Yeah, this is a good thing to talk about because. I know a lot of married couples have these discussions about how how best to divide the money between them, if at all. Like, do you, you know, if both of you work, do you have separate bank accounts? Um, do you have one of you be, you know, making the retirement savings money and you're living off of the other income? Do you have, like I said, separate bank accounts? Do you have just separate funds earmarked for each of you to kind of have for fun money each each month? And that's what we've decided to do. And like you said, that's that's a recent thing, but it. It, makes, it means that we each just have a little bit of discretionary money, and it's right. not much each month, but it's just enough for us to do some fun things that we maybe wouldn't do otherwise right. if it was coming from, like, a family part of the budget. Right, right. Well, you were feeling constrained, like, going out to eat with colleagues when it was coming from our family eating right. out Right, yeah, so we, so we deliberately separated that. So now the eating out category is for times family we go out as a family. Out. Yeah. yeah, and then, you know, when I go out with work colleagues or whatever, that comes from my part of the funds, yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, that I guess is the main thing that I would say is that when you're trying to figure out how to budget, just think about what do you prioritize as a family? I what? would encourage people to not do, I know, I know a couple of people who do this. Um, and you know, if it, I, we haven't done this, so I can't speak from experience, but the separate bank accounts, you know, if you each have a separate job, 
or if you each have a job and an income to maintain separate bank accounts, I would just recommend against that because I think it's very important to um, to develop a shared money culture between the two of you in a marriage so that you can be on the same page when big purchases come through. Yeah. And then transparency is a very important thing. Yeah. And actually, um, so one thing I would recommend in terms of just, I don't know, learning about money and budgeting, um, the podcast Matrimony, which um, I listen to and you listen to occasionally, but we had their hosts on mm -hmm. a couple seasons ago. And they were just saying recently how important it is to not only talk about the hard things about money, like we need to cut here and we're running low on this and we need to you know, reorient our budget or whatever, but also to talk about the good things that you're doing with your money, how much you've saved. And you, it's hard to have that conversation if you are working off of kind of different budgets or multiple budgets. Right. So having that transparency, I think, is good because then talking about money with your spouse becomes a normal, almost everyday thing. Um, and it's not, doesn't have to be this stressful conversation every single time. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to talk about investments for a moment? Yeah, sure. Again, with the caveat that I'm not an investment advisor, so I'm not <laughs> telling you what you should do. So this is separate from our monthly budgeting. Yeah. And Zach primarily oversees this. Um, well, it's separate from our monthly budgeting, but we we incorporate these categories in our budgets so that we know exactly how much we're saving. And so we've done a couple of things. We've uh, we work with Vanguard. Um, uh, we we use Vanguard funds in our retirement savings. Um, they tend to be, um, or let me just speak from personal experience. They have been for us um, high performance, low fee funds, and. Um, they uh they have many options and so they have lots of options for different price points and where you are in life and um they can do uh they can do lots of things for you as can many other services and i know that there are other ones out there like betterment and wealthfront that are um so-called robo advising and so they have very low fees um but you get a lot of the same benefits that you would in a more traditional um advisor-led portfolio they're passively managed um, but they can provide really good returns and if you're looking for an option for an IRA or a 401k, um, I just encourage you to look into those if you haven't already because compound interest is a an incredible thing and will really add up over time. And if you put in the the money now, the returns you get later on, assuming normal market growth, will be very impressive. And then uh, you know just make sure you can talk to an advisor, someone who knows what the best method is for saving for various goals, depending on what that is. If it's saving for a, a home purchased, you know, for the money to make a down payment or saving for your kid's college, you know, talk to somebody about a 529 fund, see if that could be right for you. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, with our approach, we have the sort of low risk um, in, you know, retirement planning stuff. And then we have just a little bit of money really just so that I can sort of have fun playing the stock market a little bit. But we uh, we don't we don't want to ever overexpose ourselves so that if I make a boneheaded investment decision, which is certainly within the realm of possibility, <laughs> where you know we're not suffering for that, so right. that's just sort of like fun money in a sense, just for me to play in the stock market and and you because it's kind of a hobby of mine. Yeah, um, and you learn more the more that you sure yeah you do it. But I would never trust myself to manage our retirement, so you know I leave that to to uh, you know funds that have people managing those funds who really know what they're doing. Yeah. So we really recommend that talking to an investment advisor, if you're interested in Absolutely. growing your investments or starting to invest, um, that is just 
so helpful. Right. And then the other thing I'll mention is the emergency fund. And everyone should have an emergency fund. And that's basically um, three on the absolute minimum side, but uh, ideally 12 months of living expenses tucked away. So factor in your all your basic living expenses, um, especially rent and food. Uh, car payment if you have one of those. So you can take your like monthly that. budget and multiply it by 12. So and maybe cut out some of the yeah, I would say I would say cut out some like, of it because if it, if things are really bad and you're right, we're having, not going to go eating out and date right, exactly, and stuff. exactly. But take the essential living expenses from your budget and then multiply that, you know, on the very very low end times three, on the really ideal um, sort of uh, risk averse end times twelve, and that's kind of your emergency fund, and that's what you want to have tucked away in probably a savings account, so that you don't touch it. Yeah, so you don't touch it, and I say savings because it's higher interest than checking, so it's generally going to be better, but still accessible, more accessible than like a certificate of deposit or something that you can't touch for for you know X number of years without penalty. So just take that money, tuck it away in a savings account, and and that's your emergency fund. Yeah, that's really good advice. All right, well, that is what we think about money and why it is important as human beings who are aiming to live truly human lives Yeah, and a little bit about what we do. So we'd love to hear about your experiences budgeting and saving and investing and any tips and tricks that you've picked up along the way. Yeah, and thank you so much for listening to Vernacular Podcast. We're here every week or every other week, I guess. Yeah, every other week. (laughs) This is just a forum which we talk about the art of being human. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode. You can follow us at Vernacular Pod. Or on Twitter, at Zach Crippen. At, you're not really on Twitter, are you? I'm not, no. Yeah. I mean, so Sally has a has an account, but she just... When was the last time I logged on? I can't tell you. <laughs> probably like 2016 or something, yeah. Um, anyway, we're on Instagram, at VernacularPod. You can follow us there. Also, you can email us. You can, Zach and Sally, at VernacularPodcast.com. And you can find us on Facebook as well, Facebook.com slash VernacularPodcast. Also, if you haven't, check out our other podcasts. We have the Popcast, hosted by Josh and Maureen Goldman. It's a pop culture podcast, podcast, and it's really fun. Uh, you can also listen to our sports podcast, Third String, it's baseball and football. And then we have a new basketball podcast, hosted by Taylor Young. That is the takes of the game. All of it's available wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to, if you feel like it, give us a rating and review because in apple yeah. podcasts algorithm it helps viewers or listeners to find us yeah please do so rate and review subscribe tell your friends tell your mom <laughs> all right for vernacular podcast i'm zach and i'm sally have a great week <laughs>